We're talking about alien resurrection here on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Checks Notes Space. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And we're going to unpack all the glorious, slimiest, and grossest, and some kind of, maybe sexiest details of 1997's Alien Resurrection in the hopes that a space pirate's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust that if we find ourselves trapped in a sort of jail cell, she'll understand that my life can be sacrificed for my precious acid blood. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Yeah, no, yeah, I disagree. I would not do that. However... (laughs) However, I, I uh-huh. you, if if you know, if the shit went down, we had to run for our lives. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely let you strap me to your back like a backpack, <laughs> so I can shoot in one direction while you shoot in the other, with zero recoil problems. For the yeah, we're not part. somehow we're not hitting each other in the arms over and over again. Yeah, and there's some magical bullet action happening in uh, Alien Resurrection, where the the blue fireballs seem to go around certain people and hit other people, and uh, uh, aliens can avoid underwater missiles. It's it's a treat. This one, uh, this one is a vibe. As you were saying before we started recording, Gina, when was the first time that you? set your eyes upon alien resurrection you know what i i know i didn't see this in the theater uh really i did not yeah what when in 97 this come out because i may have been heavily pregnant by that point oh well that, that would be a very good excuse this you would probably be in november because oh yeah my daughter giving time is when we think about acid dripping aliens that literally would have been a week before my daughter was born so that we, explains everything yeah right? i was not hauling my massive belly to to the theater and definitely not to see an alien movie <laughs> Really, you know, forced birth um, via slimy alien wasn't something you wanted to engage with as you grew your own human inside your own body. You know, I mean, I'm sure you recall from when when Becky was heavily pregnant, that uh-huh. weirdness of being able to see the child moving yeah. inside mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> and, with, yeah, yeah. and how it's both kind of cool and fucking horrifying at the same time to be like, oh, there's its foot <laughs> it's, it's the world's it, cutest body horror it's it's pressing against the inside of her stomach <laughs> kind of like when you, when you first time i don't know if ollie was is young enough to, that you guys are able to get the um the 3d ultrasound where where um, you can see you can actually see like the outline of their features yes and no because we decided um, uh, we were not going to know who Ollie was. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Uh, and we, there are very few surprises in the world and we wanted to keep that a surprise. And, uh, so we, we got some facial details, but everything south of the border was ixnade. It's like, this is, this is a miracle and this will haunt my dreams forever at the same <laughs> exactly. time. You know, 100%, no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, I, on the other hand, was so hyped for this 
be just, I mean. Even after, even after uh, Alien Cube, we're not, we're not going to relitigate Alien Cube. No, we're, no, we're yeah, we, we've already settled on. I, I like it. I, you know, while I accept the flaws, I still like it more than you do. And I like it quite a bit. Um, I, I tend to focus on the flaws, not because the flaws exist in the finished product. I'm more angry that Fox forced so many of those errors. Those errors did not need to happen. And they were, they just mandated that they occur. I find that way more egregious than anything that happens in the final film. But you were, but you were still, despite that, you were still uh, pretty excited about, about Alien Resurrection. I'm a believer, Gina. You know, I think when it comes down to it, like there's a part of me that romantically was under the impression that if they just take another swing at the bat. And there's so many things about this that in retrospect, I think at the time, it's a, it's very much a movie of its time. It's that, that sort of mid-90s disaster blockbuster. There's a lot of popcorn to this, but there's also... It's 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 openly weird. It's oh yeah, it's it, weird. It's the weirdest in the bunch by yes. by uh, by by a, a you know, very long measure, and it's because they they made a weird choice in a, a weird and very you you uh, surprising choice in directors. Right, Jean Paul Jeunet, who most people would know from the very fanciful twee, you know. Uh, the French romantic comedy Amelie and the very dark and broody, but fairy tale-esque city of lost children. You know, he's coming off of lost children into this. And I'm sure they're thinking, here's a guy who can definitely portray the darkness of this, but give it a whole different kind of take. And they had a screenwriter who at the time had a very hot streak going, and he certainly understood franchises. He understood story beats. And in a lot of ways, I think very much respects the Alien franchise in Joss Whedon. There's there's a lot of thought put into how this lays out. And I just, they're all curveballs. Everything about this is a curveball. And then I think they take a lot of painstaking um, measures to also be a Independence Day level uh, blockbuster thriller that's R-rated um, that's just going to put butts in seats. And it's too much one way to be the other. It's it's too much yin to be yang. You know what I mean? Um it's not, it, but the thing is, like, you can sit down, press play, and go, wow, this is wild. Like, it's just a wild fucking ride. I would never call the movie bad up until its third act, where it just cannot be straightened out in any way, shape, or form. It can't be rounded off, because the original ending, they read it and read it and read it and read it, and they're finally like, you know what? Earth is just too fucking expensive. We got to suck this motherfucker into space. We just got to change this whole element here. And you can tell because it feels like a completely different movie is grafted onto your weird, sick, French, juicy <laughs> alien romp. Yeah, I, I definitely, the best word you can use to describe alien resurrection is French. <laughs> yeah, yes. 
I'm not disagreeing with you. I think yeah. that's a, I think that's the best word you could use to 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 describe it is is French and horny. <laughs> like it, okay, it, it is you know in 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 as we all know at this point mm-hmm. there is a, a a you know in in the original script for uh for Alien it was uh you know basically stated that that Ripley and Dallas were sleeping together yes and that you know, this was you know basically this was no big deal this is just something that you did when you were stuck in space for like you know months and months at a time right what happens when you're space trucking stays when you're space trucking right uh you know aliens you know, obviously that that you know you know that Drake and Vasquez are 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 a couple let's call it that <laughs> And you know, there's there's a lot of chemistry between between Ripley and Hicks. Yeah. Uh, Hicks, yeah, yeah Hicks. Um, yeah. You know, you know, Alien Three. No one was fucking. They were all in jail. Well, no one was fucking. You know, willingly. You know, there was there's prob- yes. there probably a lot of you know you know forced activities going on. But 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 uh, there's also a painstakingly vow of celibacy thing going on within that where they're trying to be celibate, but you know. Obviously, that breaks down once Ripley it crash lands on the planet, which is, you know, the layover of the previous version of the movie in which they're supposed to be monks. So now they're prison monks. And yeah, so in that one. There's legitimate sex that happens. That's the crazy thing about it. Well, that's right. Yes, yeah, she does. She does. Where actual sex happens. She does sleep with the doctor. That's right. I forgot. Yes. Um, and but in this in this movie, everybody, every either everybody's fucking or everybody's thinking about fucking. And if they're not, it's because they're 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 later revealed to be a robot. <laughs> right. But also, the vast majority of the cast is thinking about fucking that robot. They just don't know it's a robot yet. Well, yeah, but she—they they are responsive to her, but she's not responsive to them. Yes, um, it is. Um, <laughs> I just—I don't think there's any film in the franchise, and at n- now you have these first four Sigourney Weaver films. You have the two outliers in that they're alien versus Predator fan fictions. And then you have the Prometheus era elements of the franchise, which actually happened before everything else. Um, so it, it's it's weird that this film is the most meditative over what an alien film is. It is the most meta of all the alien films. And I know that might cast some people and catch them by surprise being that this is a Joss Whedon joint of a person never known to go meta with his uh, film stories. <laughs> what? <laughs> also don't want him on a set with a younger woman is something we all learned. Um, I'm not going to tell you that story. The internet is free for most of us. You have a very powerful computer in the palm of your hand. Just look it up and you'll learn the entire fucking story and how incredibly disappointed I was with him as a human being. But for the, for the, you know, what we're discussing here, let's drill down into alien resurrection unto itself. And I think we could spend a lot of time uh, talking about what the plot of Alien Resurrection is. No, I'm just kidding. It's very simple. Uh, they try to breed aliens. They end up uh, 
cloning Ripley with the alien inside of her. Her DNA is mixed with that alien, so she gains super strength. And so when the aliens invariably take over that space station and start killing both friendlies and unfriendlies alike, uh, it's a race against time and something bleeding through the spaceship to try to escape an alien threat, including one that is both a hybrid of human and alien DNA, even weirder than Sigourney Weaver. She may have had sex with the alien queen. That's kind of left up to your own discretion. That's the plot of Alien Resurrection, everybody. If you haven't seen the film, if you, ha if you, if you haven't, I would actually suggest you do it because you there are worse ways to spend two hours. I mean, it's, it's intriguingly weird. Yeah. Like, like there, this was a big era for action films. Uh, mm -hmm. Many of them not good. But uh, many of them very good. But many of them very good. But, you know, a lot of them were also just, you know, soundtrack delivery devices. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. You know, this, and this was like the era, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of on the, on the precipice of when superhero movies would make a comeback. But, you know, these, we, you know, we had a lot of these space trucker style, uh, um, you you have science fiction action movies where you know, a bunch of people are you know they're following a distress signal mm -hmm. or they're going to you know you search for some sort of item that's you know been lost under mysterious circumstances of and course, yeah. and you know and then they they run into some trouble and what that trouble is varies from movie to movie yes and, and a lot of sci-fi actioners this is the era of your demolition mans as it were where you, you, you're sprinkling in a little bit of sci-fi into what otherwise would just be a standard Sylvester Stallone tries to locate a crazy terrorist killer uh, movie, and suddenly it would have more juice somehow. It was just that Independence Day twister era of 90s blockbuster uh, movie making, and that you can just... You, you can relax into that element of it. And I just, I know a lot of people view this film with derision and I, I get it. I'm not going to talk you out of whether or not you like a movie or not like a movie. But it's also, it's not playing it safe in many no, respects. I, I know we, we tend to throw, well, not necessarily you know, we specifically, but the, the mm -hmm. term ambitious gets, right. gets thrown around a lot with, sure. with movies. And I'm not sure... It's, you know, people entirely use it. The context is meant to be used. But this feels very ambitious to me. I think they are trying to do something unique because you're you're painted into such a corner by Alien 3 in that the sense that if you want the film to feature Ripley, she's going to have to come back from the dead or time travel. Those are your two ways around this, right? You're already in a sci-fi universe. So cloning her doesn't seem that out of pocket, but the way they do that and the way they reverse that character, how Ripley 8 is not Ripley in so many ways, communicates to me that care and intention was put into it, regardless of how you feel about the end results, in the sense that Ripley uh, born on uh, on a planet which has a pandemic, so the the impulse for her in the first film to make sure that 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 door remains closed and those three teammates who she has feelings for, 
stay outside the spaceship because she knows what will happen if you let something crazy and alien onto your ship and it doesn't happen. Like, all those things that made her smart and thoughtful and an alien's home, once she uh, gets to know those space marines and while she finds some of their bravado obviously empty, she does know that in a fight for survival, because she has, you know, um, gone out of her way to save their lives, they will have her back until one person in their group who's not a space marine goes behind her back. Like, all those things are inherent to her character, right? And in and Ripley 8, she's not that person anymore. She's part alien. She knows these aliens, once they, they start breeding them, will kill everybody else. And she just tells people, and they don't fucking listen to this woman, even though she's not the same woman! <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, holy shit. But, like... You know, like Joss Whedon's like paying attention to the three films that came before this. He's he's adding that layer into that and paying it off. It's not like some asshole came in here and just like blew everything up because he just wants to make his own thing. He's trying to paint himself out of the corner creatively. But also, you know, she's also kind of creepy and and. You know, she kind of looks at everybody like she's you know thinking about whether she wants to eat them or fuck them, and and or and both. yeah, at the same time, it's like yes. you know what I what I really love is how whenever she interacts with with Ron Perlman's character, mm-hmm. he's a little scared of her. Like he does he he doesn't know what to make of her when when yes. he just you know normally you know you know this big intimidating loud asshole and and. You know, when when he is around her and tr- attempting to confront her on something, his, you know, he kind of you can see him kind of wilt a little bit because he yes. doesn't really know you you know, what she's all about. Yes. And that unknown just confounds him. He doesn't know a way around it. He can't charm her and he can't beat her up. So how, how does he relate to her? It's it's a really cool character choice all the way around. All the casting is interesting, even if the roles they're playing are not, in the end, interesting. And, of course, I'm referring to one, and I love her, I love her to death, but Winona Ryder is not handed the best of roles, as no. Annalie call no. the not-robot robot, the robot who was built by other robots, and then all the people killed those robots, and she's hiding as a human. She kind of ends up being a, a mostly superfluous character. Yeah. Which is a bummer because you can feel the impulse here is to make this a bit of a two-hander in the sense that if people, you know, cotton to call as a character, Sigourney Weaver can just go, listen, you have a perfectly great female protagonist here in Winona Ryder, a legitimate movie star. Make her the make make a trilogy with her, all right? Do it. She's such a, a great presence, and they just undercut the character. They never give her. They never really pay off what makes the character interesting. She's also and she doesn't get to do anything, right? I mean, she's. I mean, I can see where. Sigourney Weaver might have liked to have thought to kind of hand over the reins to her, but yeah. when I think 
I mean, God love her. I love her too. But when I think action hero or action heroine, I don't right. think Winona Ryder. You know, she's yes, she's she's but- a little she's a little too slight. She's a little too just. Yeah, I mean, I realized, you know, in Stranger Things, you know, she kind of plays like, you know, you know, powerfully brave mom. But that's more kind of a, a you know, that comes across in more of her personality than in like her physical build and all. Do you know, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, what I really like about her Stranger Things character and the thing that I love how they pay off every single season. There's never been a season where they have not given her this task, which is to... In a, she's like a homespun, you know, master detective, right? It, how do I communicate with the other side? Well, it sparks electricity. So I, I make these Christmas lights and I connect them to letters and I communicate with my son who's in the upside down. That is so fucking awesome. And they managed to find a way for her to figure out something like that every single season. And it really makes her necessary and impactful and you get her as a human being, not just this ball of smoking tears that she yeah. is for like the first four episodes. Yeah. She's more, she's very much more believable in a, in a brains rather than broad capacity. And then, and, and, Absolutely. and I don't mean to, to, you know, you know, be sexist, which is you know weird for a woman to say in this regard, but, but if you're going to be an action heroine. You need a little bit of brawn. But they also give, and that's the crazy thing here, they give her the idea that she is a synthetic and therefore she's not, her strength would not be thought of in terms of human strength. She doesn't have to operate like a normal human being. She could lift three people up off the fucking ground and like, well, I'm a robot motherfucker. And everyone go, oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's all you have to do. That's all you have to say. But she's also the world's most nonviolent uh, synthetic and therefore is not allowed to push her character in a physical direction. She doesn't figure things out mentally. She's just literally sad. She's a sad robot. Yeah, she's like an e- she's got like the both the emo haircut and the emo oh. personality. Yes. Yes, I mean we did say this movie was late. Was late nineties, <laughs> right? It's a. It's almost ahead of its time. If someone were to tell me that this movie inspired, you know, the Radiohead, um, what is it? A robot, robot A, I robot, kid robot, yeah, kid, kid, robot. kid A, kid A, kid A, yeah. There's a robot in there. I, that's all I remember. Paranoid. Uh, and, are you talking about paranoid android? Paranoid. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there's androids. <laughs> Big Radiohead fan, are you, Patrick? <laughs> Listen, I have the albums. I've listened to the albums. I don't have it. I don't have it fucking memorized. You know. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were talking about um, the video for Just where like everybody's laying on the ground. <laughs> I, thought oh, yeah. I thought you were comparing to that guy. <laughs> Well, well, I just I'm not, lay, not. I just lay on the ground looking very sad. I think she kind of wanders around this movie looking a little sad. Yeah, they don't really. Was, they you're abs- you're correct that they just it's nothing wrong with her. She's it, abandoned. It, it, it's they just you know they have this character you know it's the it's the 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 robot of the of the of the crew because mm-hmm. everyone except Alien Cubed you know, needed one. Mm-hmm. And there's like, well, all right, we have the robot. What are we gonna do with her? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
have her help she's out. She's not an ash, and she's not a bishop. Right. She's it's like well, we can't Paul. have we we can't have her be the one that 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 turns on everybody because we did that already. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't have her be the one that Ripley doesn't trust because we did that already. You know, I mean, just you know, so what do we do with her? I don't know. Do we make her you you a, a, a cute girl robot? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and I think in the conceptual stage, what they're trying to do is Ripley eight is not human and call is not human. That is their connection in the sense that they're surrounded by humanity and xenomorphs and they're not any of those things. So that should draw them together and become something that uh, puts their backs up against each other. And they use that as a strength and then the third act comes and they're nowhere near one another. Ripley finally shows up and goes, everyone meet my gawky fucking kid who likes to smack heads off. Let's do something about it. I guess, you know, we should we my, need to talk about newborn, I guess, is what I would call this section of the movie. My my beautiful boy, my 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 slimy white son. My slimy white son is, um, you know, my moist child from the head up. I like slimy moist son. Right. But I don't like that. I I don't like that sagging skin. No, but again, that sagging skin really, really puts me off. He too tall. He too tall. He's too tall. They have to erase his genitalia. He's very, he's very gangly. Yes, he's got super long arms. He's not quite a pumpkin head. He has he's a little bit. He's a, he's a little bit of a pumpkin head, though. He's a skosh, but pumpkin head moves better, and that's a decade earlier than this. And I get it. This movie is a tall fucking order for everyone involved. It's just Jurassic Park has happened. Everyone thinks they can do one thing with digital effects and they're not that fucking good yet. Yeah. And then you, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then you see these guys try to swim in alien costumes Ooh. and Gina. When I tell you, when you see these guys who are so skilled at making these xenomorphs in frame, in shot, look super, super cool, just fail at swimming yeah that that i was i was you you read my mind i was literally gonna say that that underwater scene is rough oh i'm yeah i I just it the film is brimming with ideas that are hard to translate to film and you've given it to a guy who is full of imagination and willing to give things a whirl but you know, his his uh, digital effects guy is Pitoff. <laughs> Pitoff would go on primarily to be known as the director of the original Catwoman movie with Ooh. Halle Berry, a film that uh, she discovers her powers through basketball. And when you, and now in you have to believe like Pitoff was like, I, I know how to do this when I get my own Catwoman movie. <laughs> I will not have her just shoot the one shot. I will have her dribble on the ground and the camera will zoom all around her. And you're like, Pitoff, you you need a Junaid to kind of like rein you in, my my boy, because um, I'll left to your own devices. It is uh, B.A.D. bad. 
Yeah, no, that's that, that, you know, I don't want to say, I hate to use the phrase, it took me right out of it, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. Not, that's no bueno. <laughs> and, but there, it's that also that thing where there, it's just rife with real cool physical puppets. And those puppets be doing a lot of on-screen work, right? And you're kind of left with a choice. You can't really pull a Jaws with this bad boy anymore. Everyone's seen what a Xenomorph looks like. So if you're going to put it on screen, have it do things you haven't seen it done before. And for a lot of the movie, uh, it looks pretty good. And then they take a swim and you're like, ooh, not ready for prime time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's you you do get uh, uh, a, a lot lot of aliens on screen here uh yeah. you you get them doing stuff like uh make making uh making smoochy faces with with brad dorif which you know which is you know the thing i i like about this movie is i think mm-hmm. i think overall it's a pretty good movie <laughs> i i would rank it i would actually rank it above alien cubed um mm. Just you know, on a, on a visual level, I think it's it's sure. you know far more interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, know, it's a pretty good movie collectively, with a, a handful of truly batshit scenes that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sure. And first and foremost is is the scene with, as I said, <laughs> everybody in this movie is deeply, deeply horny. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and I think that they are really amping up the, the, you know, the, the, well, when you get, to, when you get an alien implanted, you know, you're being penetrated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're being penetrated. Mm-hmm. Something sticking something in you and filling it with something. And, and, you know, they're really emphasizing the, the, the sexual aspects of this yeah. and to the point where. Uh, apparently people are drawn to the alien, the xenomorphs themselves mm. and, and, you know, find them highly erotic as, uh, as, uh, you know, as, ex- you know, as exhibited in a scene in which Brad Dorf plays a, a scientist who, you know, when he gets a little moment alone, starts, starts making eyes, making eyes at, at one of the xenomorphs. Well, it's such a beautiful example of the miracle of life, I guess, is he's just so full of scientific wonder that he kind of wants to give it a kiss. And that's <laughs> just a little kissy. Come here. Just a little kiss. Lay, lay one on me. You got lips. I can see them. They're translucent. I just want to give a little kiss. With you. <laughs> And that's fucking wild. Like this, that's the kind of swing this movie takes. You, you got, and, you got like a scene where you're seeing like all these like rejected uh, uh, clones. I, I guess died when they, you know. So you've got like, these little like freak show babies in jars, yeah. and then then you've got uh, uh, this when Dan Hedaya is is you know he gets like. He, <laughs> that like for whatever reason they decide to make his death kind of weirdly slapsticky. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's the French clown in this. And it's like okay, he's literally looking at his own brains, and it's like okay, that should be gruesome. 
mm-hmm. and horrifying. And you kind of come undercut a little bit by making the artistic choice to have him make a weird face before <laughs> he presumably just collapses and dies immediately. I just don't believe that Dan Hedaya can make a death scene in which he sees his own brain happen <laughs> without it being funny. It's just, I, I, I believe a lot of these choices are absolutely intentional. Oh, of course they are. Of, of course they are. You yeah. know, and the other, the other scene I was thinking of that, 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 you know, I, I watched with great amusement and, and you can tell this movie's fantastic. Five stars <laughs> is um, when our, our good buddy, Leela Norser, uh, no, yeah. who, who had a great run in, in 90s movies of being the screaming guy. Uh, I can think of at least quivering and sweating. Yeah, I can think I can think him to do. I can think of at least three off the top of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. One of which we've already spoken about. Yeah. Um, one which we will never speak about. Um, <laughs> it's very bad things. Don't watch it. I implore you. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, he uh, he has been implanted against his will with a with a with an alien with mm-hmm. a, and you know, as he. Uh, he decides to take a last stand by essentially running at someone coming out of his chest and like basically forcing someone's head into it. Yeah. It's, so I he mean, uses it's the chestburster as a missile. Yeah, and it's like and it's like, okay, is he kind of raping this guy to death? Like yeah. is is that kind of like, you know, what the implication is here? I mean, it's kind of we waited a while, right? But it happened, Gina. It's a get bunked. It is a he get, get bunked. Get bunks a motherfucker in an alien movie. Somebody get bunk someone with their own body. <laughs> but using the foreign body in their own body, but it comes through their body, through the other person's body, killing them, making this the only, to my knowledge, xenomorph get bunked and... I'm here for it, James. Like, the, like the scene, like, you know, he is, you know, you've got the fisheye lens, which is always a good, oh, yeah. which is always a fantastic choice. And, yeah, you know, a Beastie Boys video he, breaks out in the middle of an alien and movie, he's what just you've like, always wanted. He's just like running and screaming. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, this is amazing. I mean, no one else in an alien movie has kind of endured for his i mean i guess ripley in uh alien 3 lasts for a really long time but they kind of explain that in that a queen takes longer to gestate than just your average drone okay sure why not all this is made up that makes sense to me but for whatever reason i don't know because he has asthma because he sweats real hard he has a chemical imbalance this alien takes forever to burst out of his fucking chest, but he knows the exact moment when it's going to happen. And he's like, well, I'm not going alone. I'm taking this asshole with me. And you're kind of like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would, I honestly would. Yeah. No, if someone's acting like that much of an asshole and he caused your death again, again, the other thing is, and you know we try not to get political that's bullshit we get political all the time but this movie actually deals with human trafficking gina yeah as a major plot point and the human traffickers become the film's heroes 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, that's great. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on here. Yes. There's a, there is a lot going on here. I just really had forgotten how much the film is the military, military industrial complex in space versus human traffickers with just aliens bouncing around amongst them. And then of course, the scene that you referred to earlier, and I want to come back to it because as I've said before, the moment in which Ripley eight discovers the other seven versions of her in a room, I cried. I mean, I was weeping in the theater when this happened. The fact that this movie can concoct that level of emotion amongst its ribald French clownery says something about its intention and quality. And I think that is one of the best scenes in all of the Alien franchise, which is kind of crazy because the these films are rife with crazy big moments. Yeah, and it just like I mean, this it's, it's horrifying, but yeah. you know it's it's it, it's a it's done in a way that could have easily been silly because yeah, you know, you've got these you know they're basically just freak babies. That's that's the only <laughs> right. way I can think of calling them. They're they're yes, they're failed experiments. Coming mere weeks after our coverage of the Fun House, um, another film which revels in freak babies. Um, is this and the fact that it manages to make you care about her seeing the inhumanity that has been done to her in the name of science and military might and all this bullshit and she just sets it ablaze is a really cathartic moment for me and I feel like when people kind of shit on this movie because it doesn't measure up to two of the greatest cinematic experiences in all of sci-fi and horror, it's you're you're just missing the forest with for the trees when it comes to what Alien Resurrection is trying to do and give you what you want in a way you did not expect. And I believe it does that. It doesn't really complete it at the third act, but listen, how many movies can we name where the third act kind of falls a little short? You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, especially when it's a freak baby. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say that the people who who you know, denigrate this movie, if the movie had been, you know, a, a duplicate of Alien or Aliens, they would have complained about that too. Yes. And I think... The, the greatest weakness in the film is its attempt to emulate the action of aliens instead of, and I do think they're trying to find a way to do it in, in a different manner. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, they are Icarus. They, they, they are melt, their wings are melting as they get too close to the sun in that underwater sequence. And some of the other things, you know, it, it, it's tough to reach that level because you, you're on a spaceship and they don't want to shoot the aliens as much. But so they have these glowy bullet things and you're like, oh boy, I don't know. 
I don't know how this uh, is going to go. It's, it's the one... It, I won't say it's the one part that kind of ruins it, but I, I, I will say I will say that the the the, the one thing that is ruined for me is is that uh, Michael Wincott looks at his absolute most hottest in this, and <laughs> and yet that they and yet they kill him off almost immediately. Unforgivable, yes. John Pierre Genet. Truly, I mean, I want that voice in my mm. movie much much more. Um, if I can fault Nope for anything, is that it doesn't have nearly enough Michael Wincott in it. Yeah, but you got him singing, you know, singing, <laughs> like <laughs> reciting in a, in a low menacing tone, uh, flying purple people leader, which is great. It's on the soundtrack. Oh did you know, did you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. What? Nope is such a good fucking Oh, movie. my God. I've seen, I've watched it like three times since it came out last year. So, very quick, though, I know we've kind of danced around this subject before, but it's very few people who have that three for three in them, who just right out the gate rocket you with some really dope shit, right? And he's one of those people who has managed that, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So, of the three, what is your order of favorite to least? And when I say least, I mean, better still, than most movies you see. It's still, still good. Just, yes. um, um, you know, I actually do think about this a lot. Uh, I've watched at this point. No, I actually have watched Us the most time. I think about Us the most often. Me too. I, yes. I think that one for me was the most genuinely unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 reveal of like the people kind of walking around like broken dolls like 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 that's really that like is stuck in my brain forever. Yeah. Um, so I think probably overall, um, you know, us nope and get out would be mm-hmm. that would be you you know, one to three for me. I think they are very close together, but I think I'm going us get out then nope. But all of them, incredible. Yeah, they're all great. They're all great. All movies. great. Yeah. All S tier efforts and trying to do very, very different things. But I'm with you. The basic kernel of us that any success you have, any pleasure you have, any feelings of happiness you have come at the expense of someone else, someone unseen. Someone you didn't even know is there, but their suffering for your happiness is the most haunting concept ever put on screen. It just, I think about it all the time. Yeah, there's, there's, there are just so many like you angles you could come at that with. You could, you could, you could take it something very personal, like, like, you know. Like, like I have with, you know, that it could be a metaphor for, you know, the other you that that is broken and unable to function and unable to experience happiness and then or, you know, or put it on a more, you know, a more global level that that, as you say, you know, whenever you're happy, there is someone else experiencing an equal amount of sorrow. Yeah. You know, any 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 way you, you decide to approach it is is, you know, unsettling. Yeah. Uh, um, what a fucking fantastic filmmaker. I can't wait to see uh, more from him. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's a very rare um, breed to be able to do that three for three. There's a lot of things going against you in that. 
And the other person who I think has kind of done that as of late is Greta Gerwig. She has a three for three. Yeah, I would say and, I would say Greta Gerwig. Uh, another one for me. Uh, you may you may disagree. That's why it's Robert Eggers. Sure, an, an argument absolutely could be made that he's on that tier, one hundred percent. And I know that uh, you, a lot of people may not agree with me, but I, everything I've seen from Ari Aster so far has has mm-hmm. been excellent. I mean, I get why a lot of people may not have been on board with Bo is afraid because I think very, very strange and at times inaccessible movie, but it, it is so, you know, its own thing. And so mm-hmm. trying something that I, I, yeah, I at least I can't help at least admiring it. I think for the people that it, it works for, it works really, really well. And he's nailing that target. It's just not a target that the vast majority of moviegoers are ever going to be a part of. Right. But and I think that I think that's, that's okay. fine. Yeah. I think yeah. that we need movies like that. And I am, you know, astounded and delighted that it actually did pretty well when it came out when, when it came out in theaters. Yeah. I mean it didn't make Barbie dollars, but but what has, <laughs> you know, I mean. Very, very true. Yeah. Uh, Whom's amongst us. And so, um, who you know who we haven't talked about? Who I, We've talked about Brad Dourif, but we, we, who we haven't dug into is his scientist pal, the guy with the wormy lips. Um, is that... Um- that, that's that's the guy that uh, gets the 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 uh, alien through the head, right? Yes. Yeah, that was yes. uh, J T. Freeman. Who? Uh, yes. Yeah, he is uh, was a Coen Brothers guy for for uh, for a little while. I mean, he's definitely a, well. I think he unfortunately has passed on, but but uh, yes. but he's he was definitely a '90s that guy. Yes, uh, he's an incredible presence in here. Usually, just- usually playing a bad guy or or some mm-hmm. sort of like you know, untrustworthy character. And he is very untrustworthy in this. You should not trust him. And the way he eats spaghetti off of someone else's plate is haunting. Haunting. <laughs> I, it's the most nefarious looking spaghetti consumption I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, he's thrilled when Ripley 8 almost kills him. There's some part of him that's like, this is the way I've always wanted to go. <laughs> it's like, finally, I made it. <laughs> um, and it's also, I mean, let's compare um, uh, Alien Resurrection to another horror franchise that ended up in space and see if we can't find some parallels there. Because it's obvious that the makers of Jason X watched Alien Resurrection and took some noty notes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Such as make the robot sexier. Make the robot sexier. Everyone is horny for the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, and uh, space pirates and... The whole, you know, punching holes in um, in in the spaceship, uh, you know, freezing people. It, it's all like wrapped up like they just took a ton of ton of notes on Alien Resurrection. And then like, how can we make this not as good, but introduce more nits into this? And then 
<laughs> they definitely found a way to introduce more knits. Like that is a very knit heavy film in the costuming department. I misheard you and thought you said that they introduced more nips into it. I was like, well, they did that oh, too. Well, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Both. Why not both? Yeah, it's like it's um, like let's 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 amp up the sexual tension, but make it less sexy somehow. Right. And obviously the cast is a real downgrade. Oh from, my god. Like uh, from Sigourney Weaver, Winona Ryder, and Brad Dourif, who's just sprinkled into this film for just the right amount of crazy. And listen, you've got a lot of great character actors. You've got as we mentioned, J.E. Freeman, um, uh Leland Orser, you've got um Dominique Pignon, who uh if you've seen uh, uh, Jean-Pierre Genet's other movies that came out at that time, well, mm-hmm. he, he's a very interesting presence. Um, yes. I, I don't think he's a little person, but but he is like kind of small in stature. He's smaller than your average. Yeah. But yes. Probably. Just, have you ever have you ever seen Delicatessen? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That, he, he, he's he was quite the, the short king in that. Yeah. Thing, he yeah. is the leading the leading man in that. Um, and and Ron Perlman had worked with it. Ron Perlman was in. They were both in City of Lost Children. Right. And this is a, a, a prime Perlman performance. Just oh, he's he's in growly. full he's in full ogre and 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 this. I don't know. I don't know how he didn't. He didn't parlay that into replacing Chris Farley to do the voices track. <laughs> Uh, that is a, a, a is, good problem to have. It is him. it is so wild to watch City of Lost Children and hear him speak fluent French in it. Yeah. Yes. And well, he's a man of hidden depths, and people really underestimate Perlman. And you do that at your own peril. And by your own peril, I mean studio heads. I mean, he may blow up your house. <laughs> and you know what? Not a court in the world will convict him. Nope. That's the thing. Nope. Um, and yeah, it's just really fun throughout. And then it just kind of reaches that point where in the script, they would have landed on earth and had a final deadly confrontation with the xenomorphs. Um, and Fox was just like too expensive. Yeah. And and then it kind of, it's a, it's a, it is a bit of a cop out because, you know, she, she has to, destroy this alien her her wee her wee lad mm-hmm. her precious boy her precious boy uh and you know but it, 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 you know it just manages to touch her humanity at the very last minute she cries yeah. and it's just like i don't know man <laughs> i don't know dude um you have to go out into space through a very small hole bye yeah, you basically have to be uh, get the now. See, we just watched Final Destination four. It was four mm-hmm. we just watched, right? Yes. You know, th- this was this was you know someone having their gut sucked out of it through a, a very tidy hole is much better done here than it is in in in, in Final Destination four. You're right. A Jean-Paul Jeunet film banked by seventy million dollars worth of 20th Century Fox money did manage to. Pull off the uh, getting your butt sucked out, and and a pool is like space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could do you can't breathe there. I could do without the creature shrieking what sounds like mother or mommy. Oh uh, just God. like it's implied, you don't have to. You don't have to. You know, go that extra you know, lurid mile. 
I'm not making that up, right? That does sound like no. what it's screaming, right? You're not making it up. Unfortunately for all of us, that is something that absolutely happens here. What also happens here is when Junior, a boy with a well for sad boys, and I don't get it. You don't have to get it. You know why? Everything else is for you. There's one thing for him. There's one thing for this tiny long boy. And that is to swing his spindly arms and take a, an alien queen's face off. And it, you kind of go, how? How how so strong when so tiny arms? How do yeah, that? Yeah, he just, he just knocks her shit right off. He destroys her face. And he's got nothing behind it. He's not even swinging with his hips. I'm not even convinced he has hips. <laughs> So where's all the power coming from in his swing that he takes off an alien queen's fucking face? We've seen this bad mama jamma in action before. It takes a lot to take an alien queen down. And you're telling me one spindly boy who has a well and a tear in his non-existent eye can just swipe this motherfucker's face off? I mean, come on. Well, there's like, you know, the, 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 you know, the implication that, you know, uh, Whatever you know, amount of alien Ripley has in her, you know, is the same amount that you of human, human they that, have in them, and they're not right, quite but that, as. But, but that should not make him any stronger. If anything, it should make him no. weaker. It should yeah. make her stronger, but which she yeah. is, but but it should not make him stronger as well. Now, if you had the opportunity to get swallowed up into alien floor guts, would you find that restful? Is that because the implication? that this movie is making is that when Ripley eight gets swallowed up into floor guts, <laughs> that she's in, in some tacit, implicit, explicit way, having sex with the alien queen and therefore giving rise to the newborn. Uh, Would you get swallowed up by floor guts is my question to you, Gina. I, I mean, would I find it like a, a, a pleasing experience? Uh, yeah, I, like would you feel cocooned like you're under a heavy blanket? And you're like, I mean, I, I again, as I always tend to emphasize on these things, I really can't imagine what that must smell like. I mean, I know it smells crazy <laughs> in there. Yeah, no, it smells like someone has been having really aggressive, unsuccessful sex on a pleather couch. <laughs> That's exactly what it smells like. Just moisture and sweat and some Goo. sort some sort of like 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 uh, unidentifiable funk. <laughs> Just a lot of a lot of different moistures happening. And a lot of he- rotted human remains from from dudes that they bring down there to you know just shove some uh, toss some, in shove some face huggers into their into their uh, throat cavities and toss, throat them to death. Toss them in there like you throw Gainsburger at a dog. <laughs> and so you got Brad Dourif like locked into the wall and it's like it's a front row seat, baby. This is everything I wanted to see. Give me a kiss, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work out it doesn't well you know what i think it works out the way it's supposed to be honest with you (laughs) um you know that was what was gonna happen he he messed he messed with the wrong alien species and this is what happens when you decide just because you got robot gloves (laughs) and you can yank out an alien queen out of a 
cloned Ripley that you, you're going to be able to survive this because you're so super smart. No, no. You're going to end up glued to a wall by <laughs> alien spit. That's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, whoops, Tobogos hasn't, end hasn't ended up glued to a wall. I mean, here's the thing. I thought when we decided that we would tackle Alien and Final Destination at the same time, because they're kind of micro-series, um, so we would kind of double up, as it were, um, that uh, Alien would be the blockbuster, and then Final Destination would be the palate cleanser, because it's not quite a slasher, but it acts like it does. In pure numbers, Final Destination destroys Alien episodes, and I could not tell you why, other than the fact that they're, with our demographic, Final Destination just means more to them than Alien does to us based on our age. Um, but uh, people, you need to get on board with some Alien goo. You need to just get, you need to take that, what comes out of his jaws and slick it back in your hair and get cool with this, baby. Just, just bathe in it, soak in it. Just luxuriate in the goo that is Alien Resurrection. I honestly thought that this would be a mournful episode in many respects. And then I watched it again. I'm like, this is a good time for the vast majority of it. We need to celebrate it for its victories and not wallow in its defeats. It's it's ready. It's ready for resurgence because right now, you know, as I, as I keep saying, we mm -hmm. are, which is ironic considering, you know, a year from now, there ain't going to be, you know, you know, you know shit to watch because right. even if, even if, you know, you know, things you know, settle back to normal now, you know, we're still, there's still going to be, you know, a long rough patch. We're, we're whole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're in, a, we're in a period of some really interesting movies and some really interesting approaches to already established properties. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to keep, you know, you know, playing, playing the Barbie violin, but, you know, <laughs> nobody would have expected a, a Barbie movie to, to turn out the way this Barbie movie did. Exactly. You know, but then you've got, uh, um, you've, we, you know, we keep talking about all the different unique horror movies that have been coming out lately with movies like talk to me coming out. Um, uh, <laughs> you've got, uh, uh, you know, like I the previously mentioned, Bo was afraid. And it's just, you know, really, you really, you bizarre shots in the dark to try something new, you know, to mostly successful results. And I mm -hmm. would say that, you know, Alien Resurrection is mostly successful. You know, is it a typical alien movie? No, but none of them are typical alien movies because they've all I taken think that's the genius of them. Yeah, they've all taken exactly a, right. a different approach. I mean, if you want to talk, you know, you know, we're going to get into a debate. I mean, wait till we get to Prometheus. <laughs> because you want to talk, taking a, 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 you know, a different approach to an alien movie. That one is what if we really didn't give a shit about the aliens? Yeah. You know, what if, what mm. if we paid attention to a sexy robot? <laughs> And that's the thing. I don't, that is something we'll have to tackle whenever we get to them because I personally don't consider them alien movies. I consider them Prometheus movies. That happens that happen to exist in the alien universe. They are a separate they're, franchise they're, 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 that they're exists very, within, they're, they're very, within they're, the alien. They're, 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 they're their own separate thing. Yes, just as Alien versus Predator are their own separate thing. 
just as because the alien and predator universes allegedly take place within the same sort of, you know, IP universe, they, uh, you know, prey takes place in an alien universe, believe it or not. They don't have much to do with one another. Uh, boy, and one day we'll talk about prey. Talk about a fucking hell of a picture. Um, so I, I, people will have to understand that uh, Prometheus will not take place within season four. It will take place in a different season. Um, we're, we're camping uh, season four off here with the, the, the final gasps of formal gasps of these uh, franchises and then pick up where they land in other seasons, just as we have done with Scream, just as we will do eventually whenever they try to tamper in the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street franchises. Uh, hey, listen, if we have not revisited The Exorcists, and I doubt we're going to start this October, uh, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, not based on that preview. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a hard no. There's uh, a lot of things I'm like, yes, yes, yes about that. And ultimately, I'm like... You know, if I hear from everyone else that it's just a hell of a picture and the trailer simply didn't do it justice and I got to go out and see it, sure, why not? If everyone else, you know, if I hear from the people whose, you know, movie viewing and their opinions kind of jibe with mine or the people whose movie opinions don't jibe with me at all and they're like, this sucks. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm just glad, I'm just glad Ellen's getting paid. Yeah, sure. Let's celebrate Ellen Burstyn while she's on this earth. Let's get her paid. Let's all throw flowers in her general direction. You know, Ellen, Ellen, for her many Ellen works. Burstyn and Ann Dowd. Fine. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Everything else. Mm, mm. I, I don't trust and that man anymore. He has burned me twice. <laughs> and yet, I see from people. Already really trying to just get into kills and inform us all that we're very misplaced in our dislike of that film. It has so much to offer. And maybe one day I'll come back to it and understand it for what it is. But it's a it's a real downward slide. It's in 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 many respects, I am very unhappy with getting a lot of what I asked for. Uh, and it turns out. I shouldn't be asking for shit. I should just pay my ticket and go to the movies and see what they have to do. And that's probably a better way to go about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, writing about movies, I, I really tried hard. And, it, and it's, it's hard to move away from it, um, you know, to, to review a movie as what it is and not what I wanted it to be. Yes. And and it's 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 hard to 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 do that, but it's the only way you can fairly approach a movie. Yes, you can only you know judge a movie by by what it is, not what you wanted it to be. Uh, it's the reason that this franchise, this this podcast, we don't, we're not really a franchise. This podcast exists in the movie histories because we're great at delivering the history of movies. It's that we're not a movie review show. We don't really review the movie so much as we take the movie apart and see which parts we enjoy. We like we like the character elements of it as a way to discuss the movie in total. And yeah, I mean, Final is, Destination Four was was a a honestly a rarity for us in that we just hated every aspect 
stop it. We do we yeah. do try to find something positive to say about most of the of the uh, the things that we watch. It's just that's the rare. Yeah, no, there is nothing redeemable about this movie. It's mostly yeah, that the final destination was just a real bummer from beginning to end. And I think a lot of those, the vast majority of them, that is an outlier. And the miracle of the Alien franchise is that they are all trying to do such different things that they are in and of themselves all outliers to the right, franchise. Right, because you can't, you can't compare any of them to each other because they all take very different approaches. Yeah. And I think in an era, not only since then, you know, but even more so today, in which uh, many studios would like to eliminate any possibility of whiffing at the bat, that they make it so safe that it's that there are no thrills left to be had. Yeah. I, I, um, which is pejorative. There are many thrills to be had going to the movie theater. I'm talking in grand, grand strokes about major popcorn. Yeah. Effects. I, I, you know, there, there is a, I, I don't know what its current status is given the strike and all, but there is a reportedly a, a new one in development with fate Alvarez. Uh, well, it's the movies. This the TV. Oh, series. it is a TV series. And oh, the TV not, series is apparently oh, it, recorded. Oh, it's not. A, oh, I thought it was a movie. It's not a movie. It is not. It, to my knowledge, the point of it was that it was greenlit by FX and is supposed to be a television series. Now, I don't know what its status is amongst the strike. And if you go online, there are plenty of places that will tell you that it's in trouble or that something's wrong. We don't know anything about this fucking show. We we know it it started filming and it ended filming and that's it. I'm sure it is going through so many levels of special effects we can't even begin to count them. So it'll happen when it happens. And when it does, my proposal to you is that we do take it on as our, you know, every other week mini episode. And we dish by dish it. Yeah, just as long as I don't, just as long as I don't drop dead in the uh, in the uh, in the process. Oh wait, no, okay. I looked up Fade Alvarez, and he is listed as doing an untitled alien film. So I think we're doing. I think yeah. we're. I think we're talking about. We're talking different two things. different projects here because I know okay. I know that um, Damon Lin uh, 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 Lindenlof, how do you pronounce his last name? Lindenhoff? Lindelof? Lindelof was involved in a TV series at one point. I'm not sure if he still was, but I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, I'm yeah, talking about. I'm talking about the FX. Yeah, I, aliens. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it, that's the thing. Then, yeah, as long as I don't drop dead in the middle of it, then yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a a a movie that is scheduled to come out next August. Uh, unlikely at this point, mm-hmm. but um, it's uh. Maybe we are talking about the same thing because this is the film was originally scheduled to be released on Hulu, so I actually have no idea. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I <laughs> don't know because I don't recognize any of these names in this cast. Uh, so and whatever they're it's supposed to be about or whatever approach they're taking is being very tightly kept under wraps. But you know, I I very cagey. Yeah, I like I like which could be a good or a bad thing. Um, I I, yeah. I I I really really enjoyed his remake of uh, of Evil Dead, so I mm-hmm. I am you know I I'm interested. No, I, I, Noah Hawley seems to be 
involved, at least in the, in this, it's set on, on Earth of the Future. At this moment, I describe that as Edison versus Westinghouse versus Tesla. Someone's going to monopolize electricity. We don't know which one it is. In the movies, we have this Wayland yutani Corporation, which is clearly also developing artificial intelligence. But what if these other companies tried to look at immor- immortality in a different way with cyborg enhancements or transhuman downloads? Which of those technologies is going to win? Well, this seems like a very interesting thing that has shit all to do with Xenomorph. <laughs> so I'm all for it. It's like, you know, what if Westworld with aliens? Yeah. <laughs> and sure, why not? I mean, Noah Hawley has done some really interesting things. I think he's done the best thing of any X-Men property. Um, but, uh, you know, he had a head start with the comic book. But, um, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, when that happens, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Prometheus and, and Covenant and um, aliens amongst the wheat. Uh, anything else we may have missed, and I'm sure we missed plenty, but, you know, it's also, you know, it's not, a lot of people just get xenomorphed to death in this thing. So uh, anything we've missed about Alien Resurrection? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's an attractive cast. You know, maybe not mean, as attractive as, as aliens, but, 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 but up there, mm-hmm. you know, it's it just, this, mm-hmm. this is a very interesting vibe to, to, to this yeah. movie where even after the shit goes down, everybody gives still, still a little, little, little charged up a little like, mm, okay. All right. <laughs> we, mm. we got a little strangeness going on here and, and, you know, and I, I think it's a really, really interesting approach to take in, in an era that was playing it really safe with, with action movies. You know, if you, if you recall seeing, if you recall seeing it and you didn't like it at the time, give it another chance. Yes, I agree. There's there's a lot going on here, particularly visually, that I think is worth everyone's time and attention. I think Junaid brings a very uh, heavy metal Morbius, um, th- the sci-fi artist, not the living vampire that we all morphed <laughs> to a couple of years ago. Uh, but brings the way he creates those um, sci-fi worlds. He brings that energy to this and. The visuals are are not the problem. I think there's a real benefit to it. The first two acts are filled with really wild character swings and discombobulating visuals and gripping body horror. And then, you know, the third act feels rushed and long. And it's a symptom of the fact that they scrapped what they were originally going to do and slapped a new ending on it. Uh, and in the end, uh, I think you can do much, much worse with two hours and you'll probably end up enjoying it more than you don't is, is my challenge to everyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's about, you know, if you wanted me to, to, you know, put an actual, choose an actual number, I would say it's about 85% successful. Yes. Um, and it's fun and weird and, and horny in all the wrong ways and right ways all at the same time. Uh, but then of course, this leads us to our inevitable end, and that is to talk about how uh, this was ultimately a dry run for Joss Whedon's Firefly. Um, it's basically Firefly, everyone. Yeah, if you watch it, Firefly, it's Firefly without the the irritating the irritating slang. Yes, 
which, but it's a it's a real rough draft. If, if Jason X was taking notes, Joss Whedon held a lot of his notes back and said, "I can do this different." Uh, but that, of course, leads us to choose your own death venture, and that is where we decide of the many deaths in this motion picture. Uh, if we were to die in one of those ways, which one would we choose, and why? And of course. A lot of people get shot to death in this bad boy. If I just read off the amount of people who got shot to death, we'd be here all day. And then there's also death by chestburster. And that's just your chestburster. Yeah, there's, this, probably, get- this probably has, uh, pound for pound, more people getting killed on screen by aliens than any other of the movies combined. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously, in Aliens, it was implied that you know you you could you probably you should you could safely assume that the entire uh, um, village, whatever you want to whatever word they used for it, uh, mm-hmm. was colony, colony yeah. was was uh, you know either infested or killed. But you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You only see the aftermath. Yeah. Here, you're just seeing people getting slaughtered left and right. <laughs> And, and a lot of soldier deaths in Aliens are like, you have the old vampire, like, yeah, castle or, or they're, or they're, come up behind Or they're them. killed accidentally. They Some of them set up accidentally yeah. killing each other. <laughs> they make a lot of tank There's a mistakes, lot of friendly uh, fire you know. incidents. Yes. Um, you can also get clawed to death for your precious acid blood. Uh, ripped apart uh, by a xenomorph. You can get blown up by an underwater missile. You can have your head bitten off, or you can have the back of your head bitten off. Front or back, you choose. You can get burned to death. You can just straight up drown. Or you could get acid blood in your face and then probably drown. Um, You can get the top of your head punched off. You can get your head crunched. Or you can get bunked by a fucking chest burster. Uh, or you can get sucked into space via a small hole in a spaceship. So, Gina, I choose you to go first. I do love that uh, that Leland Orser scene. Uh, yeah. I, if I'm going to go, not taking mm-hmm. all you motherfuckers with me. <laughs> Just right. whoever's the closest, here I come. Come give me a hug. We're going to get whichever wormy mouth scientist gets in my way. We're going. Uh, we're, you're getting chest burstered. We're going together. As soon as I feel that little burst, as soon as I feel a little bit of that indigestion, it's time. <laughs> All for it. Um, what a death. What a movie. What a motion picture. Um, that's a ramp uh, on the formal alien franchise. Um, I think it's a real hoot and a holler. If you have questions that we don't feel that you feel we haven't quite answered, um, the best thing to do would be to join our Patreon and our chat by chat level every single month where we answer your questions. Uh, you can get your questions in there and we can talk about alien all the live long day about things we you don't think we covered. Uh, we can talk about at length. Of course, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork and our music is by uh, Revenge Body. Go to revengebodymethods at bandcamp.com for this remix and all the other tunes we use. Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about television and movies at thespool.net. Uh, I have a substack. It's ginawatchesthings.substack.com. And you can find me on Blue Sky and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. Uh, Don't worry, folks, because the uh, body count will continue because uh, we're ramping up to the Halloween season. We got a lot of fun things coming your way, and we're still going to talk about the last Final Destination movie so far. Uh, So until then, 
for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.